got one man up and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat as the last line of a defence and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Oh, and he was absolutely knocked back into that tweet by Atwood. David Atwood has got titanium in his shoulders at the moment. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes magnificently on the Hello and welcome to another edition of the Bath Rugby Plug podcast. The rugby podcast by the fans, for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gable, I'm your host and I'm joined by regulars Charlie. Hello everyone. And Tom. Hi mate, how are you doing? How are we chaps? How's your weekend's been? Yeah, I'm not too not too well actually, Gabriel. Looking around the room, I don't think any of us are rather well. Uh, there's two lem sips and, uh, and a cup of tea replacing the normal beers that we have, but... Uh, uh, Tom, yeah, a com- combination you- of the flu and, and potentially uh, the hangover still from the weekend. Not, yeah. not quite sure which is which, to be honest. But yeah, yeah, I'm good as well. Um, didn't manage to go to the game on on Friday, unlike you two boys. But uh, very much looking forward to getting back to the wreck uh, for the Toulouse match uh, at the weekend. Yeah, me and you, Charlie. Another appearance for Old Sulians. Uh, how are you feeling after after this weekend's loss? Uh, yeah, bit, 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 bit of a shame to have lost, but uh, managed to get over the whitewash again, which is nice. Um, <laughs> uh, no thanks to yourself, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, we, we we just just came out, uh, just just came out the the plucky losers uh, at the end of the day, but um, just like Bath, I guess. Yeah, speaking of plucky losers, um, Bath another defeat. That's back to back defeats now uh, for the boys in blue, black, and white, um, and it's a bit disappointing um, given the the squad the squad selection against Saracens previous week, um, and also. There was a few doubts about the squad selection uh, this week. Um, so before we get into the game, Charlie, uh, what did you make of the of the team that Todd selected for this extra game? Yeah, as you say, I, I'm, I was a bit disappointed with it, considering I, I me and, and yourself, Tom, we we kind of had had Todd's black on the on the resting 13 players, saying you know that we're going up we're going up to Allianz Park. We haven't won there in a long, long time, uh, but hopefully we can get out a strong team and you know, make wreck that fortress that we've spoken about uh, you know, th- throughout the start of this season. And then we were just playing players out, out of position. You know, obviously, we, we got lots of the players back. We did make lots of changes, but not necessarily the changes that I thought we would have made. Uh, we're playing Freddie Burns at fullback, which is not his position. Playing Cooper Vuna at 12, which is not his position. Uh, I just, I mean, I'm a strong believer of playing your best players in their best positions. And uh, rather than just trying to, get a makeshift team together it, it's a bit disappointing and you know uh, looking at Freddie Burns coming across he came across to try and stop that Don, Ar- Don Armand try but it's just not what he's used to used to doing and I can't understand why he wouldn't play the likes of Darren Atkins who we we called out again in the Saris game as a standout player yeah, I mean, friend of the yeah. podcast as well of course yeah that, that's a disappointing thing from my perspective now earlier in the season um, we have shown um you know, some faith in, well, you mentioned Darren Atkins and also Max Wright, um, who I thought have both looked really, really promising earlier this season. So it's really disappointing to see sort of, you know, in the big game that we really want to win, that we don't, we're not able to show faith in those boys. Um, Coop, yeah, Cooper Vuna at 12, like I just did not see that coming at all. Burns and Priestson, they, they have... Fresh well, back from injury as well. Yeah, yeah. And w- when they played as well, Priestson's played at fullback at times for Bath, but Burns hasn't played at fullback since January 2016. Um, so it was really odd to see him at fullback, and, and as we've said, he he didn't really look at home um, in the 15 shirt. I didn't think. Yeah, and Priestland's played. I think he's played 15 for for Wales as well. Yeah. Um, 
And then on that, lads, does obviously you guys were quite supportive of the decision uh, to rest players against Saracens. Has that has your mind changed now, given that we've lost both games? Uh, no, I I still I I still think in the long run it it's not the not. Oh, I'm a bit I'm a bit. One moment I think I I I I agree with it. One moment I'm kind of against it. So I I don't really I, I don't really know. Uh, it's it, I'm just a bit disappointed in it. Had had he put out a full strength full firing team uh that which seems to me like we like we could have done um there's lots of players that se- seems to be available for selection which just again weren't picked but uh yeah i think i think it's very easy with hindsight to say oh we've lost both games or like you know we made the wrong decisions and and you know you you can very much argue that but i'm still in favor of sort of the long the, the, you know the squad rotation um sort of from a long term perspective and you know these games aren't getting any easier um, to lose um, and then Wasps um, in the Champions Cup are very, very tough games. So uh, hopefully, although we didn't reap the rewards uh, on Friday, as Blackadder suggested, we might we might reap the rewards uh, later in the season. Yeah, and you mentioned um, Europe then, Tom, but um, we'll definitely come on to that later in the podcast. Uh, now let's focus on the extra game specifically. Can I just make, yeah, yeah. well, it's extra related, but it, reply, it applies to Saracens as well. The most disappointing thing is, is... We, Todd was obviously well. Todd and the whole team were obviously targeting one of those games, probably the Exeter game, uh, and we've come away with zero points from both of them. Which, yeah, it is disappointing. Is very isn't disappointing. It? Um, that's disappointing. What did you make of the the overall performance uh, from Bath, uh, Tom? I think yeah, it was kind of as I suggested it might be sort of last week on the podcast. Um, we put in a sixty minute performance, and and you know between sixty and seventy minutes. Um, we really did struggle and we were one point up with 61 minutes and then extra scored three converted tries um, and that really killed us off um, uh, yeah I, th- I thought we were good in parts we, we got bullied up front which is really disappointing because that's an area we've really um, sort of tried to make an impression um, on this season so uh, that, that was disappointing but I think there were there were glimpses again Tom Ellis played really well um, I thought Joe Cockney-Seager on the wing was, was was good as well and Darren Atkins as well when he, when he came on so yeah there, there were positives but ultimately results the results need to start coming we can't just be um, you know, consistently saying all oh, the performances there, there are positives. We do need to start turning those those performances into into points ultimately. Yeah, I'd I'd agree with lots of what you said there. I thought um, uh, I thought that uh, Preston actually had a very good game. Uh, but the only again, it's a selection issue. I just want to see that consistency at ten, uh, which is why I'd say why 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 weren't we playing Preston for example at fullback? Uh, uh, because he's played there beforehand, and it gives us some more consistency at ten. But um... yeah, you mentioned that um, a ten, like a ten-minute period in that game, which I think decided the game. On the sixty-first minute, uh, we were leading by one point nineteen eighteen, and then on the seventy-first minute, they had scored three converted tries, um, and we're leading by twenty points, and the game was done. And ironically, actually, that was um, came immediately after uh, Rocco Aguni coming back on the field. So it was 15 against 15. Um, so that wasn't the reason for it. Um, can either of you uh, work out the reason why why we faded so badly in, it, just for that 10-minute period? Exeter are just so clinical, aren't they? And they, they were winning all of the collisions. Um, uh, every every time there was a, there was a contact on, on the gain line, they were getting over it. They were making about five metres per carry. And so the pressure just built up and told, and they just take their they just take their opportunities every single time. Uh, one of the biggest moments was when we were camped on their five meter line. We had that scrum with ten minutes to go. Uh, we were about twelve points down, and had we scored a try, then it would have been you know 
one try, yeah, uh, one score game, one, one, one score going into the final ten, uh, and then they score that breakaway try, which makes it, it gives you that kind of fourteen point swing. Uh, Great tackle by Darren Atkins to get oh, uh, unbelievable. To catch Henry Slade as well. Yeah, he worked his way um, completely across the entire pitch, and yeah, that, that's what I mean. You, Darren, yeah, I think, be starting, I think Charles doesn't drop, but I just think like credit to Exeter, and you know they were they were strong and they are clinical. You know we've said that so many times. And I, and I don't like to say this, but I, I do think that some of the refereeing decisions in the game were pretty questionable. I think particularly at scrum time, you know, we only conceded nine penalties in the game, which is a vast improvement of the, you know, the number of penalties we conceded against Saracen. Six of those were at the scrum. Um, and so many of those penalties that we've seen at the scrum are given as resets or the referee just says, use it or we'll reset. Um, that said, I do think they were getting the better of us, but it's just really frustrating. And, and Blackadder made the point after the game not to see that consistency across across games and across referees. Yeah, um, and, and I was at the rec as well. And for the record, I had a brilliant evening. Um, the rec's a, a great place to watch rugby. But one thing that I noticed certainly, and as you say, you know, I don't want to come on this podcast and criticise referees. I thought actually Christoph Ridley had a decent game in general, um, and he's a young young referee with a lot of with a lot of promise. However. It felt like they were pushing the offside line um, pretty pretty close on a number of occasions, and it really wasn't allowing us to get our forwards over the gain line. And, and that's fair play to Exeter. I think they realised that they, they could p- perhaps get away with that. And that sort of street smarts is maybe uh, something we need to develop in our game because if the referee is letting, letting them get away with that, then fine, you've got to play the referee at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah, you, you, you play the referee. Uh, and that mall as well, like the mall try, and he asked the question, like, is there any reason I, I can't award the try? Um, and, you know, from all the angles we saw and from where Christoph Ridley was standing, it's difficult to see how he was in a position to, to see that the ball, what to, to, you know, he, he didn't see conclusive enough evidence to ask that question, in my view. Um, you know, the, they thought Dave Ewers had scored and Exeter had to announce after the game that, in fact, it was Matt Kovesic. So uh, clearly no one had sight of the ball. So I thought that was a, another disappointing yeah, um, yeah, definitely. decision. But ultimately didn't probably change the outcome of, of, of the game. So that's worth saying. Yeah, and... Uh... It was, it, was, it was great to see in, in, in another game um, JP Doyle getting his head right into the yeah. ruck uh, to, to, uh, right into the bottom of the mall you know, pushing players out of the way to, see, to, to get his best view and I, I, I love to see that but you know as you say he's a, he's, he's, he's a young ref we're not, we're not, we're not wanting to criticise everything and uh, you, you play the ref at the end of the day um, but uh, yeah and, and another decision that, um, that, that Christoph Ridley made and uh, was actually influenced I think by the TMO um, was uh, the one the um, the deliberate knock on by Rocket Aguni. Um and I wonder what you guys thought of that. I know we had a, a tweet from Ed Scott about it. Um, I can't actually locate it at the moment, um, but I know he he was uh, quite critical of that decision. Um, and I did mention earlier that it wasn't a t- we actually won the period um, when Rocket Aguni was off. However, um, it's it's a it's a topic for discussion, and I wonder what you guys made of it. Yeah, I I kind of disagreed with it. I think. Uh, one, he was he was obviously going. Well, I, in my in my opinion, I think he was going to intercept the ball, and he swiping his hand up. His hand was moving in in an upward direction. It wasn't like he was trying to slap it down or even even just block the ball. Uh, I think had he got enough of a hand on it, he could have stuck that ball in the air or you know blocked it a, a meter or so, which then would have come back down, and he could have gone off and you no, know, it's a fair interception. Um, and it's about. It was about fifty odd meters out, so you know, fair enough. Maybe give a penalty, but not every single. 
But I think if you give a penalty for that offence, yeah. you have to give a yellow card. I, th- I, think, well, I, I, I don't think foul. it was a penalty, but I just think it's, it's really, really harsh. I think like the point that the actual line that Christoph Ridley or the TMO used was he, he took that risk. Yeah. Um, he flew out of the line. He went with one hand to get the ball, to get an interception. He would have been cleaned through. He would have scored. Um, and you, you can't be doing that. He didn't. He didn't have control of like, of his hand when he was going for the ball. He knocked it. He knocked it forward. I, I think you know. I think that was the correct decision by by the team. But you, you look at so many other. You look at so many other situations where things like that happen, and people go for an intercept because intercepts sometimes they come off, sometimes they don't. But ninety percent of the time. You are actually intending to to, to to intercept the ball. Like you look at um, Townsend, who intercepted Freddie Burns's pass uh, to go under six. He plucked it out of the air with, with with one hand. You know, had that ball gone past him, you could have said that we had a potential he you know, had a much, good, a strong. He had, he had much more of a chance of catching that than Rocco did. Oh, he still, Rocco, went, he still went out with. He still went at it with one hand. It was great. Stuck to his hand. He takes it in. Had that been had he gone out with one hand, knocked it on, uh, would. Would he have then got a yellow card for it? It's 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 a it's a if Rocco manages to get on, yeah, that. then then it's not a yellow card. The, yeah. the point is, if you take the risk and you go for the interception and you knock it on, it is a deliberate knock on. If you catch it, then obviously there's no penalty as, as Townsend did. Um, oh yeah, I, I I was happy with that decision. And ultimately, as, as we've said, when Rocco Daguni came back on, uh, ironically, that was when when all the damage was was done. Yeah, um, yeah, I think I agree with you, Tom. Um, I think. He knows the laws. Uh, that's not a new law, is it? That's been that's been in play now for 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 a couple of seasons, a number of seasons. And um, he knows the laws. He knows he's taking the risk. Um, and if it had been the other way around, I'd have been calling for a, a yellow card without a shadow of a doubt. I, I didn't I didn't have a problem with that decision at all. Can, can, I, can I just make one other point on the game as well? Um, we've spoken a little bit about uh, defence and how it was disappointing that we were sort of losing. Um, the collisions throughout the game, but I think another area of the game that we've we've clearly tried to work on a lot this season, and and that really didn't come off, was sort of the offloading game. Um, we've really like sort of uh, the, the offloading, particularly by players like like Jackson Willison, been really good this season. I think um, in the game against Exeter, we tried to play too wide. Our handling wasn't quite good enough, um, and it was also wasn't helped by the fact that Priestland and Burns kept switching into first receiver periodically, which I, I, I thought meant that we didn't have the sort of the same consistency. Um, in attacking structure, obviously we spoke about the, the Townsend interception. That was purely as a result of of Priestland trying a little bit too much, um, and Exeter were, were sort of right on us. Um, so I think that was another another disappointing aspect of the oh, game. Although I I, I don't know because I think we were actually especially um, especially for the first the the, the first half uh, we looked gen like generally on top. And I know how you match you like your stats, Tom. We actually beat we we beat um, nine more defenders than they did, thirty one to twenty two. Uh, we um, we made more offloads than they did, uh, and we made more turnovers. When you look at stats like that, you think that we'd be would be um, far far more ahead on the scoreboard. But I think it was just two real breakaway tries that that sealed sealed the game in their favour. But do my job, man. I won't, I won't have to turn up next week. No, it's all right, Tom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you look at the sort of possession and territory, all those sort of indicators, and and they were they were very very even. Um, you know, our, you know, they missed thirty-one tackles, as you say. That's that's not a particular seventy-six percent tackle success. That's not a, a particularly good a stat that they'll be happy with at all. And you know, Rob Baxter made the point that they were disappointed with the performance. But ultimately, you know, you know, it's a cliche, Charlie. So I'll do your job for you. But um, <laughs> <laughs> the really good teams are the teams that win when they don't play so well, and that's what Exeter just continue to do. Yeah, we spoke about that last week. Them finding the way, and yeah, as you say, it was that it was that sixty to seventy minute. Um, spell 
that they just uh, they just put the game to bed, um, and that's just what's so disappointing because I think, you know, uh, we probably, are, you know, probably were deserved to get something out of the game. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think, think we, we I think we, we should have. Yeah. It's a game where we might ruse uh, one that we let go. Yeah, yeah. I think their their clinicality is what sets them apart from from almost any other team, um, any other Europe, uh, any other club team in Europe. Um, I'd just like to make a point about you touching it there, Tom, and about having Burns and Priestland on the field. And I thought one of the reasons um, that Tom perhaps wanted to do that was to to get the two playmakers um, into the game, uh, and that would allow us, therefore, to play to play a little bit wider. Um, and I just don't think we did that. Like our strength, a lot of our strength and a lot of our best play this season has come from our wingers, Thokanasiga, sorry, and Rokodaguni. Um and Thokonasiga only touched the ball four times. He only carried the ball four times uh, for 37 metres. Um, and I just don't think we utilised him enough. And I actually, being at the ground, it was a brilliant... Someone said it behind me. It was quite... It made me laugh towards the end of the game. And the game was gone. And Thokonasiga made that break down the, down the left wing. Mm. Um, and the guy behind me said, oh, why don't we use him more? It's like having Messi in our team and never passing to him. And, you know, that is a bit of an exaggeration. Um, but... I think that we could have used used them more. It was a really it was a dry night. It was perfect for running rugby, um, and with the two playmakers at ten and fifteen, I think that it would have been wise of us to to exploit that exploit that a bit more. I completely I agree with that. I didn't realise he only touched the ball four times. We That's, carried the ball four we carried times. Carried the ball four yeah. times. Okay. Uh, no, still it's it's not enough. And he's you know he's one of our key signings. He's one of our most exciting players. We've seen what he's been able to do. Uh, so yeah, we, he, sh- he should be someone we're bringing into the game. Uh, yeah, so I've uh, I've mentioned uh, Thokonasiga there, someone I think we could have used more. Um, let's move on to some people that uh, perhaps didn't have their their best games for 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 Bath. Um, and I'll I'll start by saying that um, I think like, we've mentioned it, but I think Tolupe Falatau, like, we know how good Tolupe Falatau is. There's absolutely no doubt about that. But I think he's just slightly off colour at the moment, and I don't really know what to put it down to. Yeah, he's not he's not a player in form, and it, yeah, as you say, it's it's something hard to actually. Uh, uh, pinned down um he's as yeah as you say he's a world-class player he got he got <laughs> handed off by jack Knoll for that for that try uh uh that try in, in that last couple of in that last spell um and it's just he, he fell off a tackle that really should be making especially someone of his caliber um and he just he just looks a bit off the pace uh, yeah and he's he's being outplayed by by his back row back row counter colleagues sorry every week I thought two of our standout players were, were Mercer and Tom Ellis Mellis, yeah. um, and Falatau you know if you look at the three of those Falatau's got far more international experience obviously far more experience um, and you'd expect him to be the standout of those three but he's, he's, he's not at the moment yeah uh, yeah I guess the only other player I'd, I'd pick out gee I'm surprised that you, you didn't to be honest would be Freddie Burns and um <laughs> We have mentioned it. I think he some of the aspects of his game were good. Um, I thought we kicked relatively well. Actually, obviously his place kicking was really good. I thought he kicked out of hand quite well as well. Um, but what's you know when we've been really really potent in attack, we've had you know Anthony Watson at fullback, even Tom Homer. Um, it's really really important I think for our side of play to have a running threat coming into the line from fullback. Um, and ultimately Burns Burns doesn't do that. And we've also you know spoken about the the interception pass and also the missed the missed tackle on. On Don Armand for that try, so uh, yeah, I think it's you know, uh, you know, it's worth an experiment with Burns at, at fifteen, but I, I wouldn't like to, to see them do it again. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly, exactly. You know, he didn't have his greatest game, but uh, he's playing out of position, and as I was, I've said many a time, I just think you play your best players in your best position. I'm not really a fan of 
just having a makeshift uh, makeshift backline or pack or whatever it may yeah, be. Yeah, especially when you've when you've got options there. It's not like you um, you don't have options there. Um, right then, boys. Any any other comments we want to make about about the extra game, or, or should we move on? Let's move swiftly on. Yeah. So there's not another Premiership game for um, for six weeks now. Um, so it's kind of like a, a block of fixtures there um, that we've done, um, and uh, now there's a block of European fixtures followed by the Premiership Cup. Premiership Rugby Shield. Premiership Rugby Shield, yeah. Um, so what I thought would be good for us to do is um, hand out a few early season awards, um, players, moments, whatever we like. Um, and I thought we'd kick it off with um, the best player of the season for Bath so far after after the short the short amount of games um, we've seen. Charlie, who would who would that be for you? Okay, so um, there's there's definitely a couple of players who need to have their hats, uh, their, their names thrown into the hat, uh, and. <laughs> Uh, for me, my one would be Zach Mercer. I think we've spoken about him already. He's he's been he's been most reliable player, most consistent. Um, he's he's really improved his carrying. He's stepped up and he's you know, he's got himself into that England squad, uh, which I really think he deserves to be there. As we said, I think he's been outplaying the likes of Falatau, someone who we would have we would have uh, um, marked as one of our you know one of our stand up players in the yeah, squad yeah. come the start of the season. Uh, and I just think he's just been impressive all around all around the park, uh, and I hope uh, I, I hope he gets into that England squad because he deserves it. Um, Gabriel, have you got have you got anyone you want to pick out? Yeah, and it's someone I didn't pick out from the extra game who I thought was absolutely outstanding again, and I'm absolutely banging the drum at the moment for this guy. Um, but Tom Dunn is he's he's exceptional um and he's in brilliant brilliant form um he's everywhere in in the loose um he's absolutely everywhere making tackles flying around um carrying and then his darts are just you know really really good um i've, I've been so impressed with him I was, i've been impressed with him now for you know last season was really good but he's, it seems like he's taking his game to another level um and he's doing it more consistently now, I think. You know, every game, I can't remember Dunn having a poor game this season. Um, and every game I've been impressed, you know, apart from apart from the week just gone, our scrum's been stable and the hooker's obviously a key a key component in that scrum. So, yeah, Tom Dunn for me. Um, I'll keep banging this drum until he's wearing that T-shirt for England because I'm a big, big fan. Yeah, I mean, I guess the only mark against him, you know, um, on Friday playing against, um, you know, who you know Luke Cowan-Dickey, who's arguably um, in the running for the sort of, you know, number three um, England hooker. Um, you know he'll be very disappointed with how the scrum went. Obviously, those six penalties against him, and, and as you say, hooker hookers are very important uh, part of that. Nathan Cat as well. Um, you know, up against uh, Harry Williams, that you know that, that the front row will be very disappointed with that. But yeah, I but agree with you. Around the park, been, I yeah, thought yeah, yeah, Dunn out Sean uh, Dickey. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, def- I definitely agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tom, who would be who would be your selection then for for player of the season so far? Um, I think we've we've missed a couple. Out really, who we should probably mention. Thokonasiga, we, we've spoken about quite a lot. Um, he's obviously been fantastic um, uh, this season, um, as, as you mentioned, sort of, sort of in our in our preseason preview. He's really, really come on. But the player I'm going to pick out is, you know, probably goes a little bit under the radar, um, and that, that's Jackson Willison. Um, I, I've mentioned this a few times on the podcast. I am so impressed with how he's how he's um, coming on and how how much he adds to our game. Not only on the offloading side of things, which which we've spoken about countless times, but also on the defensive side of things. I think he's leading that. Yeah, defense. I completely agree with that. Um, when we didn't have him against Saracens, the the midfield looked so unstructured um, in defence. Um, we you know we were we were cut to shreds by by Saracens. I think he's such an important component of that that defensive line um, with his experience obviously so yeah Jackson Willison um, fingers crossed he, he sort of continues doing what he's doing yeah I, I completely agree with that I think uh, 
as I as I've said already that I, Jackson Willison is someone I've been really really impressed with. I uh, love his style of play. Uh, uh, he definitely needs to have his his name thrown in there. Um, I also I also like to mark. All um, oh, right, couple each is it? Oh, no, I just I, don't, I just I just think you know we, we, we can all pick one. I've, I do think Zach Mercer is my standard, but I just want to give a special mention to uh, to Nathan Cat, who I also think has been very good um, uh, when he's been on the field alongside Dunn and um, alongside Dunn and Henry Thomas. Henry Thomas in the front row. We've we've looked really dominant up front, uh, apart from against Exeter. Though. Apart from against yeah. Exeter, but you know uh, he's someone. Who across across all the games he's played, he's really impressed me. Okay, award number two. Then we'll go for and we'll go for biggest surprise. Um, and I'll kick this one off. Um, and it's someone that we didn't really speak about too much in the preseason podcast, um, but someone I've been mightily impressed with. Um, and that's Max Green. Yeah. Um, you know, given that we signed Chudley um, in the summer and we had Fotoliti and Cook, who's been at the club for a number of years, I saw him quite far down the pecking order uh, at, at the scrum half position uh, before the season. But I couldn't have been more impressed with him. Um, and I was really impressed again watching him live on the first time I've seen him play live on Friday night. Um, he marshals the pack so, so well. Um, and, and he, you know, for a young lad, he's really vocal and he's good in defence. Um, and I've been really impressed with him. Um, and I was just thinking, you know, he's only, what, is he 21 now? You know, this guy is playing back-to-back premiership at the highest level. Um, and that experience is only going to stand him in, in brilliant stead going forward. Um, so, yeah, I've been really, really impressed with Max Green. Um, and he'd be my biggest surprise coming into the season because I wouldn't have had him near the scrum half position um, on paper before the start. Yeah, so I'd agree with uh, with most of what you said there. I've been really impressed with Max Green as well. But um, my biggest find, biggest surprise, if you like, uh, would be friend of the pod, Darren Atkins. Uh, as we've already mentioned this 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 podcast, uh, how how impressive he looked when he came on this week. Uh, you know, he's making breaks against Saracens, and I think he's someone who could really really um, step up into that fifteen jersey uh, and you know potentially make it his own over the coming seasons. Uh, we spoke about. Um, the open letter last week and how they're wanting to make 50% homegrown players uh, in by 2021 and I finally think he fin- could be finally finished reading that open letter then have you <laughs> just just about I'm a slow reader but I got <laughs> I to read it too <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah I, Darren is is is, is someone I, I, I could really yeah, see he started uh, really well hasn't he yeah but uh, Tom who, who, have you, who have you picked out well I, I, I was going to mention um, sort of both those guys I think Max Green in particular has been been really outstanding um, so the player I'm going to I'm going to pick as sort of surprise of the season is uh, Luke Charteris um, I, I've sung his praises a couple of times, but I think in the really decent performance that we've shown this season against Har- you know, when we beat Harlequins um, away, I think he managed the line out really well, and that was an absolute crucial part of it. You know, we know how important our, our set piece is going to be, um, you know, as, as part of the brand of rubber we're trying to play. So uh, I think it's a really impressive start from him. Um, you know, in what is a really competitive uh, position group at the club. Yeah, and it would have been interesting to see, actually, um, we didn't mention it on last week's podcast because we weren't aware of it, but he's um, he's actually still injured. Um, he's he's still got a bit of a knee problem. Uh, so it would have been interesting to see if uh, he would have been um, in the team or in the 23 had he been fit for, for this extra game. Um, something we'll obviously never know. Right, next award then, fellas. Um, the best moment of the season so far. Tom, I'll come to you first. Um, what would you go for for your best moment? Um, your highlight. 
I think it's going to come from that that Quinns game again. I think it's just the moment of individual brilliance from Joe Thokonosiga to yeah. sort of fumble and collect that Rocket Guni offload and and touch it down. You know, uh, you know, we've said this, but 115 kilos, six foot four, or whatever he is, to you know, to show that skill as well as obviously the physical. Um, attributes that he has is is really really impressive and and really promising. So yeah, that would be my my best individual moment. Yeah, it was a sign of things to come, sign of what what he can bring, wasn't it? Uh, Charlie, what would be your best moment? Yeah, so that that was obviously an outstanding piece of individual skill. But I think uh, as a team, I think the most impressive the most impressive time we've pulled together is to to come back against Gloucester. Obviously, we let it we let them pull back the draw at the end of the game. But I thought that was that was a real real benchmark of something that you know of the potential that Bath have got as a squad. Uh, and yeah, my best moment um, of the season so far, it's actually come off the field. Um, and it was actually, we, we joked about it a minute ago, but it was actually the open letter that, that they sent to the the the, um, the, the supporters. Um, and not just the contents of the open letter, um, the Blackadder extension, um, and just the way they planned it, seemed to plan it out. But what, um, and we've mentioned it before, so I won't go into it too much, but what um, for me was the best part about the open letter was the way it was delivered um, and the openness to supporters. Um, and I've spoken hundreds of times on this podcast how I've, I'm all for openness to supporters, um, player, club and supporter interaction is absolutely key. Yeah, the Bath family. Yeah, the Bath family, exactly. Developing that family, making everyone feel like they're, including the club, everyone feel like they um, they know what's going on at the club. Um, and I really, really like that moment. Um, and now then, the last one we'll give out um, is the worst moment of the season so far. Um, slightly negative one to end on with, with the awards, <laughs> but given we're in we're, we're in eighth we'll uh, at short. the moment, um, there's probably a few. Uh, Charlie, what would be your your worst moment of the season so far? Um, so, I think obviously there's been a few moments where we've we've let things slip away from us, and in such a tight league, I think if you who uh, the club in fourth, who's in fourth at the moment? Uh, uh, the club in fourth has had three wins. The club in eleventh has had two wins. So bonus points have been such an important um, factor in such com- in such a competitive league, and we've gifted quite a few points. So I think just you know, in, in those last ten minutes, we let Harlequins back in. We let Gloucester pull back the draw. Um, uh, we let um, we let uh, Northampton come back and almost snatch a draw from us at home. So I think it's just those, those last ten minute performances have been have been the the, the, the real red flag for me so far, Tom. Um, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And we, we, you know, it's becoming boring how many times that we're saying, you know, we're playing 60, 70 minutes, um, you know, of a game. Um, I think the worst individual or the worst singular moment um, has to be sort of the Tom Homer uh, drop over the line against Bristol. Um, I think that really set the tone for that match. You know, we gave Bristol the opportunity to, you know, have the perfect start, the dream start to their their season and their campaign at, at Ashton Gate. Um, I was there for that. And, uh, you know, you just cannot allow um, teams off the hook in such competitive league. And that ultimately probably was, was the reason we, we, we lost that game, really, because it was a shift of momentum. So, yeah, that that would be mine. Yeah, and then for me, um, it probably has to be when Matt Banahan crashed over in the corner uh, to <laughs> yeah. secure the draw. Um, obviously former Bath player um, that was pretty tough to take um, and also uh, the injury to Jamie Roberts um, I think has actually gone quite under the radar it was quite a bad bad yeah. moment for the club this season because at the start of the season he was pivotal in the way we're playing um, and now we're looking obviously to fill in with, with Cooper Vuna in that role um, so I think the injury to him um, is kind of an under the radar uh, bad moment for the club this season Missing James Wilson Yeah but looking Looking forward, you know, when we can get some of these players back, it, 
you you consider how we've played in some of these games with the likes of Roberts out, JJ out in the centres. I think Max Clark's out again. Uh, we're missing Alid Brew, missing Anthony Watson. We've missed uh, Tom Homer for parts of the season. We've got people down, you know, all across the park. So uh, that is a positive we can look forward to when the Premiership is back in six weeks' time. Yeah, so the Premiership will um, we'll bench that there, lads. Um, we'll come back onto that in six weeks' time, um, and we're going to We'll move on to Europe um, in just a second. Um, but firstly, just a couple of bits of news. Um, and one, one quite upsetting bit of news this week, lads. Um, obviously, the news of, of Steve Ajoma um, having a stroke. Um, former Bath legend, back rower, um, certainly from, from my dad's. Uh, my dad's generation speaks very highly of him. Um, Steve is in a, in a stable condition. Um, so, yeah, wishing, wishing you and your family uh, all the best, um, sending our best wishes and uh, get well soon. Hopefully see yeah, you at the wreck um, uh, in the, the future. And the other bit of news, um, and we're going to have to come to you on this one, Tom, because uh, you, you're the one that's done done the extensive reading. Um, but the the 67 questions that um, have been presented to the club um, about the new stadium um, from a few objectors about the about the stadium for Bath. Um, what's the just a brief overview um, of 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 what what that was about? Yeah, I think I think extensive is is actually bang on. Really, you know, 67 questions, and to be honest, um, not much really in the way of answers. Um, so yeah, it was a group of objectors. Um, who basically wrote a series of questions at the annual meeting of Bath Recreation Limited, which is the uh, the landlords of the of the recreation ground. Um, you know, a, a series of questions spanning a whole range of things. Uh, but essentially, yeah, they're not a massive fan of the idea of the the stadium for Bath. Um, and I guess it really just gives us you know a glimpse of the fact that although this is now as far along as it ever has been, um, it's probably going to be a rocky road if it does ever happen because there are plenty of people who who are going to object to it. So yeah, I guess one 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 to keep uh, keep watching. Yeah. Okay, then. Uh, that's the news covered. Um, and let's look ahead, boys. Um, and I'm really, really excited about about what's coming up. Uh, it's the Champions Cup. It's a break from the Premiership. Um, and that first weekend of the Champions Cup, when all the teams have their first fixtures, um, is an absolutely brilliant weekend. One of the best weekends of the season. Um, so before we preview Bath's game, obviously at home against Toulouse on Saturday afternoon, um, let's have a quick look at the, the competition more generally. Assess Bath's chances um, and assess some of the chances of the of the other squad, uh, of the other clubs. Um, and Charlie, I'll come to you first. Um, how would you assess Bath's chances um, in this competition? Yeah, so we've got what you could call the group of death. So we've got defending champions Leinster uh, alongside Wasps, who are known to go very well in the competition, and you know, previous uh, previous champions um, uh, Toulouse as yeah, well. Yeah, most successful club in the competition, Toulouse. Exactly, exactly. So uh, we've, uh, we're going to have a tough group and we'll do very well to get out of it. Um, but I'm obviously remaining positive. Uh, and looking ahead to, to the weekend, where we are, are first up against Toulouse, uh, all three of us will be there. Um, what are our thoughts, um, Tom? Um, I think, yeah, with, with these top 14 clubs, obviously their squads are so massive, it very much depends on how seriously they take the competition um, you know, and what sort of team they put out. If they put out um, you know, a, a, the strongest team they can, it will be a very, very tough game. They've got some really, really good players uh, particularly in the pack you know the world cup winners charlie 
Famuina and Jerome Kano, Richie mm-hmm. Gray as well. Um, you know, they're, abs- they're absolutely monstrous packs. Uh, Leonardo Giraldini as well, so they'll be really strong in the line-out and scrum. Um, so it'll be a really difficult day, but equally, if, they, if they're if they not taking it too seriously, you know, they're going quite well in the top 14, so maybe they're prioritising that. If they're not taking it that seriously, then, then then you know, it could be it could be one we could win. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I'm confident either way, though. Their, their back line as well, you know, is is really, really exciting, especially that back three. So uh, they've got um, uh, Yuan Uge, um, as well as um, Maxime Moz, Maxime Moz, Bonneval, uh, Bonneval, um, Maynard, yeah. Maynard, Maynard, yeah, uh, Medard, Medard, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so they they they've definitely got they've they've definitely got a sting about them in the back three, and we're gonna have to watch out for that. Uh, and you know what? These these the, the French teams always like to turn up into Europe. The Europe is where France really likes to to, to give it its all. Um, so it will be interesting to see how we go against them. Uh, obviously, Leinster is going to be very, very tough uh, and will most likely top the group. Um, and Wasps have been a bit um, a bit hit, hit, hit and miss, I think, this season. Uh, they, Lima Sampawanga was out injured this weekend, so it depends whether he'll be, he'll be around and about to, uh, to, to, to play. Yeah, Bath are massive outsiders um, in their group, as you boys have mentioned. I just really hope, um, given that I've booked my flights for the for the Toulouse away day on the final round, I just really hope we're we're still in contention. Well, that makes three of us, doesn't it? <laughs> we hope we're still in contention uh, come that come that final weekend because that final weekend, like the first weekend, is a brilliant weekend of rugby. And if you've got a dog in the fight, um, it's even better. Yeah. So that would be great if if we managed to do that. But I'm not hundred percent optimistic. Yeah, if not, there'll be far more wine tasting than rugby chat going on. I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's to wait and see um as for as for the competition in general um i think you know it is probably a two-horse race uh, at the top there with leinster and saracens um the two dominant forces over the the past three or four years um they're both really exceptional sides with the squads to be able to to cope with cope with uh, the european fight and the domestic fight um one little outside that i would i would throw in there would be montpellier um, obviously beating finalists in the top 14 last season, going okay this season, um, and with some really big name, big game players, um, Pinar, uh, Pickamoles, uh, Cruden, um, that guy, who's the guy on the wing, the big, uh, the big winger. Nemanja uh, Madelo. Yeah, exactly. They've got some, you know, big pack who can, who could, I think, could maybe take it to the top two. Um, so they'd be my outsiders. Um, Is he but- bigger than Naravolo? I'm not sure. What the, he's what he's the, better than he is. They're similar, <laughs> they're similar beasts, aren't they? Yeah, they're similar beasts. Um, but I think they'd be they'd be the one to to, to watch out for um, if you wanted to to look past the top two. But um, it's difficult for those two to get beaten. Um, and then focusing on on this game this weekend, lads. Um, uh, how do you see it, how do you see it going, Charlie? Mm, so you know, at home. Europe, when you're playing at home in Europe, it's so important to win those games because the big travel on the roads is where is where you separate the men from the boys, if you like. Um, so, at home at the wreck, uh, I'm hoping we're able to turn over a Toulouse side, which which looks okay. They're sat sixth in their table. They they you know ground out a ten nil win against Agen uh, this weekend, um, which was a game. Uh, to to miss um, if any of you are thinking about catching <laughs> yeah. up on it it was it was a dull dull game uh, I think the, the try that was given looked very much like a forward pass so it could have just been a 3-0 uh, a 3-0 win but um, uh, I'd hope that we can we, we can turn them over at home uh, they don't look that dangerous um, and I think how can we get if we can get a full strength team out 
we want we've we've you know we've, we've said that we want to be competitive in Europe so this is the time to put to put a, you know a, a big a big stamp on that put out um put out a, a good performance and let the other teams like Leinster and Wasps know that we're not just going to roll over. We've got some fight in us. We've got some dog and put out, hopefully get a five point uh, victory at home. Yeah, I mean, that, that's probably optimistic, but I think, you know, we do need to be be targeting that. You know, it is another cliche, but you don't know which French side or, or French club side really is, is going to turn up. Um, you know, we, we've spoken about their their season form. Um, they beat La Rochelle, which, which was a good win, and then got absolutely pumped by about 40 points by, by Castro as well, who are obviously um, defending champions. So, yeah, it is a very difficult one to, to predict how they're going to get on. Um, equally, like we've been, uh, you know, pretty unpredictable in terms of our performances as well. So, uh, yeah, I think it would be... Yeah, no, I was just going to say, you know, that said, you know, I, I, I totally agree. Although that said, traditionally French teams aren't great on the road, are they? That's where they do tend to struggle. They've, they're very good at home. Yeah, they don't fancy it, do they really, often? No, yeah, this, uh, the long coach journey isn't, isn't well, not coach journey. <laughs> <laughs> they're not, they're not playing for Zulians, are they? <laughs> that would be, but I think we would have a better chance if they turned up on their coach, they'd probably have to leave pretty soon. <laughs> Given we're recording on Monday night, I think we'd have a pretty good chance of beating them if they got a coach over here. Um, yeah, I think I'm quite optimistic about this weekend as well, fellas. Um, I don't think this is the greatest to lose side um, of all time. I don't think that's a, a groundbreaking thing to say, but I think, um, I think we've got the team to team to beat them. Um, obviously, last time last time they travelled to to the rec was it 2014? I think they turned us over. They turned a very depleted bar side over um, at the rec, but we actually went to to Toulouse um, and beat them in what was one oh, of yeah. our one of our best performances um, in my memory. Um, so I think we've got a team team to beat them, um, and I'm really excited about Champions Cup rugby being back. Was there another Chris Cook interception off the line out in that game? Yeah, I think that was a game. <laughs> There's been quite a few, quite a few of those games. <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, I'm going to go for go for a Bath win, lads. Um, I'm not sure how many points by. Um, I'll say I'll say seven points. Bath win. Um, I think they might just end up with a losing bonus points, um, which would be a shame, given how tight this group is going to turn out. But um, I'd be happy with a win. Yeah. I I I am going to say it's, it's, it's going to be a win for us. As I've already said, I'd like to see the full five points. Um, We've we've been we've we've we played pretty solidly at home, so uh, I I'd, I'd like to see uh, I'd like to see that and Bath by ten hopefully. Yeah, well, uh, unsurprisingly, I'm going to go for the uh, the full house um, as usual. I mean, we've been pretty good with our predictions generally, uh, particularly uh, me and you, Charlie. Gabriel's yeah. been a little bit over optimistic. <laughs> I'm I'm surprised um, that I'm surprised that Gabriel hasn't predicted Bath to win the to win the whole Champions Cup. You know, you said it was a two horse race. I thought you were going to say between them. Um, between uh, Bath and Saracens. Was it 80 to 1? That's exactly what I did, isn't it? 80 to 1? Have some of that 80 to 1, boys. That won't be around for much longer by the time I've had my money on it. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think we'll win. Um, I think this is, a, as I've said, a really difficult one to predict. Um, I don't think it's going to be going to be as easy as, as as you may be suggesting. I'd be surprised if we get the, the five points, to be honest. But I, I'd like to see us grind out a, a, a victory, uh, use our set piece, um, really get some confidence back in the in the minds of those guys up front um, so yeah I'll go Bath by four I think um, 
Yeah, really looking forward to it. Um, as one of you mentioned earlier, all three of us are going to be at the rec. Um, so yeah, that'd be great, lads. Um, and if you are there, uh, and if you do think it's us, then tap us on the shoulder and you'll either uh, have some nice bath rugby chat with us or you'll get um, a few a three disgruntled lads wondering why you've tapped them on the shoulder. Asking what is the bath rugby plug. Exactly. <laughs> and if they do ask that, then please tell them we're at bath rugby plug on Twitter. We're a weekly rugby podcast. We'll be in your devices every Tuesday morning. Um, we really appreciate all the support we've got on Twitter. Um, so thank you very much for that. Um, and get in touch with us with your with your comments, with your questions. Uh, as I mentioned, we're at Bath Rugby Plug. Um, yeah, uh, we appreciate that. Um, well, gee, and gee, tell just, your friends. Just to interrupt, finally, uh, just a shout out before we go to uh, Johnny Guerin. Um, you know, you talk about seeing uh, the three of us around Bath. Um, he, he tweeted us asking if I was in uh, St. James's Vault in Bath, um, in, enjoying a pub quiz and a few beers. Well, Johnny, as far as I'm aware, I wasn't, um, <laughs> but that's no, that's no guarantee. Um, he, he hashtag voice of the people, which uh, uh, I can definitely get used to. I'm not, I'm not, not, not sure is, is probably fair to be honest, but no, uh, definitely give us a shout um, on Twitter if you're at the game as well. Uh, it'd be great to hear from you and yeah, uh, enjoy the game. Thanks very yeah, much for all the support. Johnny, I, I, he may have the voice for the people. He certainly has got the face for radio though. So uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't, I, you, I think you'll know when you see him. <laughs> brilliant boys uh thank you very much for joining me as i say we'll be back same time next week to review the first weekend of champions cup rugby um and hopefully a brilliant bath win against toulouse thanks guys cheers cheers